to all of you who have listened, shared and connected with me, thank you. I started Empower with Mahi because my deepest passion is for women to feel empowered. My new business, Organize Her, is no different. The tools we create are designed to give the busy woman back her peace of mind by helping her keep her shit together and get stuff done. Our vision is for women everywhere to feel in control of their lives, confident within themselves, and have enough time for everything that matters to them. And I am so excited to announce that Organize Her has officially launched and our productivity planner is available now at our website in addition to our digital moneymaker budget tracker. Those of you who have followed along throughout 2023 know how much time and thought has gone into these productivity planners and I know I am totally biased because this is my baby but I am completely obsessed with the planner and I know you will be too. Our website link is in the description organizeher.co and from the bottom of my heart thank you for inspiring me to fulfill my purpose for your ongoing support and for being a part of this journey with me. and welcome to Empower, the podcast that has one sole purpose, which is to inspire you to live your best life as your best self. My name is Mahi Sorensen. I'm a lawyer, girl power advocate, grown independent woman, of course. I'm obsessed with self-love and personal development. So now I'm also the host of this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I will do my best to make sure that you can take something meaningful from this podcast and apply it to your everyday life. But for now, I am about to become your personal hype woman because it is my purpose to empower and I hope to do the same for you. Before I start, I'd like to say that this is episode 11, which means that we are 10 episodes down and I wanted to take a second to thank everyone for their support with this podcast. I promised myself that I would keep this going regardless because it keeps me full and I know that at least one person will find something I say helpful, but I do admit it is much easier to keep motivated to continue planning and recording these episodes when I hear your feedback. There are a number of people, those who I know personally and those whom I have never met before that have reached out on Instagram to let me know how certain episodes really spoke to them or gave them exactly what they needed in that moment. Every now and then I go through the normal, like, oh, I can't be bothered working on the podcast at the moment. I'm too busy or I'm too lazy, even though I really do love it. And that feedback reminds me that what I'm doing here is part of a purpose much greater than myself and absolutely takes priority over my lazy phases. So again, thank you for listening. It means everything to me. Anyways, without further ado, I have had a coffee, so let's get into it. Today I want to talk about curating a decent support network. It's something I take really seriously in my own life and I'm passionate about it because I truly believe that the people who we choose and allow into our lives significantly influence the quality of life we lead. I'll talk about some of the things to keep in mind when you're thinking about your closest circles and considering whether certain people belong there or not. Let's start with my favorite, story time. I want to take you back to New Year's Eve 2011, I think. I was 15 and I was with some girls who were a group of friends that I had at the time, which I had very little in common with, except that we all played the same sport. I can't recall too much of the detail, but all I remember was that we were at one of their houses, all excited about it being New Year's Eve. Then some boys came around. Total pricks, but in hindsight, that shouldn't have been a surprise. 
at least one of those guys had a crush on one of the girls that were in the group of friends that I had. And for whatever reason, one of the boys decided to rip into me and randomly call me a slut out of nowhere and started laughing. And it was a big, like weird joke and everyone was in on it and everyone was there when it happened. I vaguely remember trying to defend myself. We were all sitting around like a dining room table because I was 15 and that's what you do when you're 15 and someone insults you. But what I remember most was the total silence of all the girls that were supposedly my friends. There were dynamics to this too because these people were all white. I was the only brown person in the room and if you're brown you know what I mean. But no one corrected this guy. In fact his friends just laughed with him while I sat visibly uncomfortable And I ended up calling my parents to come and pick me up and I spent that night on my own, which was devastating. When you're 15, that was the end of the world. What I ended up doing that night is now totally iconic, but I didn't realize it then. In the final minute of 2011, I was in my bedroom sitting on the floor in the dark with a candle burning and a notepad and a pen. I can't remember word for word what I wrote, although I know that to this day that piece of paper is somewhere in the bottom of a memory box at my parents' house. But with tears streaming down my face, I wrote something along the lines of, you will never let people treat you like this again. You will make sure that from this point onwards, you will surround yourself with good people that love you because that's what you deserve. No one will ever make you feel this way again because you won't let it happen. And I added the timestamp of 11.59pm 31 December 2011. I'm sharing this story because it was the first time I formed a true awareness of the direct correlation between the people you surround yourself with and the way that those relationships impact on the way that you feel about yourself and love and life. I was 15, but from that point onwards, I promised myself that I would never let people make me feel that way again or put myself in a situation like that again. Part of me wishes that I could go back and tell those girls what I think of them now, but fair to say that I ended all involvement with all of those people that night, and that stands. I think most of all, I just wish I could have gone back and given my 15-year-old self a hug and promised her that everything was going to work out and things were going to be okay, and quite honestly, she ended up doing a whole lot better than all of those terrible, nasty people. But that aside, she is me, I am here, and we are here now. Side note, I was so intense as a teenager, so intense in my feelings, so open about it. I know it's like part of the intensity of the teenage experience, but I'm trying so hard to get back even part of that energy because far out, you grow up and you get your heart broken and then the walls go up and I don't know if I'll ever be that person again, but I hope so because it was so awesome and so authentic And I was so fearless in expressing and sharing my feelings. These days, it's literally my job to articulate myself. And in order to do so neutrally, I totally suppress my emotions. And I do it very well, but I start malfunctioning as soon as I start feeling and having to express emotions and why I feel the way that I do. So I'm working really, really hard on that. Anyways, point being... Being a teenager and thinking about when you were a teenager is like kind of embarrassing, but also you probably had some really awesome qualities. Anyways, I digress. I didn't fully understand the importance of that moment back then, although I felt some significance at the time, but it was in that moment that I made a commitment to ensure that I had the best support network possible for me moving forward. 
obviously over the years following, I definitely still ended up with some shit friends and bad relationships. But that incident on New Year's Eve in 2011 formed the foundation of what has become a cornerstone value of mine into my adult life. So let's talk about my tips. Number one, make sure your values align with each person in your support network. This takes a lot of internal reflection too, because if you don't know what your values are, how can you be sure of the values you need in your friends or of what you can bring to your friendships? Because friendship is not a one-sided thing. Think about all the non-negotiable values that you need in your friends. You don't have to be like twins or agree on everything. You never will. However, everyone in your support network should share some similarities with you when it comes to your core values. For me, I cannot allow anyone into my support network unless they are non-judgmental, ambitious, loyal and reliable. I'm grateful to say now that all of the people that are in my closest support network these days all have those values. But it took a lot of trial and error to get to that point. And there are a number of friendships that didn't last because there was a conflict when it came to those fundamental values. After a while, your intuition starts recognizing that there is a misalignment in values sooner rather than later, and it's important you listen to that intuition, because it knows whether someone is good for you or not, and listening to it in the long run will save you time and energy. If you really aren't sure about whether your values align, pay attention to how you feel when you're with them, the conversations you have with them, and who you are when you're with them. Part of determining whether someone is good for you is being aware of how the interactions affect you. If you don't like who you become when you're in their company, reconsider the friendship. It's a lot easier to do this when you have some distance. I noticed recently that when I returned home to Christchurch and caught up with old friends, I realized how toxic a lot of the conversations were with people that I used to know. And these were the same conversations that we always had, but only now did I realize that I actually don't like being a part of them anymore because this isn't who I am anymore. Number two, be selective, quality over quantity. Don't let social media fool you. I know often you can be scrolling through and see big happy groups of friends and photos and wonder where you messed up with the two friends that you have. That is a trap. Perhaps they really are big, happy groups of friends, and good for them if that's the case, but more often than not, just because things look a certain type of way does not mean that they are a certain type of way. You could have all the friends in the world, but if none of them are genuine or meaningful, they mean nothing. That is why when it comes to relationships, it is always quality over quantity. When I moved to Hawke's Bay, I remember feeling this incumbent pressure to make friends and to do it fast. I struggled with that. Not because I necessarily find it hard to talk to people at a base level, but because I don't believe in having bodies around me and calling them friends when we don't have a genuine connection or relate to each other or share the same core values. I took my time in finding people that I truly authentically aligned with and I am so grateful for my Hawks Bay tribe now. They are awesome people that I enjoy spending time with and giving my energy to. If I had settled for subpar friendships earlier out of desperation, I guarantee I would have been unhappy and exhausted in those friendships. It is always better to be selective and wait for the right people to come into your life rather than force yourself to be friends with people that you don't necessarily align with just to say that you have friends or to look like you have friends. Doing anything purely to say or look a certain type of way isn't genuine. It's desperate and it's focused on what others think of you. What you never want to do 
is convince yourself that you will adjust to spending time with people with whom you can't be yourself or with people whose company leaves you feeling drained and exhausted. Life is much easier now that I've cut down the number of people that I call friends because the people I truly call friends now love me and accept me for me. I don't have to waste energy stressing over what particular friends think of me or trying to manage into friendship drama because I know for a fact that happens in big friend groups. I can just do me, live a purposeful life, and the people that I'm lucky enough to call friends are a part of that. Number three, find and keep genuine people with good intentions. It's the law of attraction. I've found since I've started living with intention, living purposefully and as authentically as I can, it has been easier to attract and maintain friendships with people who are genuine and that have the best intentions. Likewise, it's also been easier to identify people who aren't genuine or well-intentioned at all. What I can say now is that so many close friends in my past were totally using me for their own purposes to feed their ego, to take advantage, to cope with their own issues, to live vicariously through me, to gain gossip ammunition. It's so obvious to me now, but it wasn't back then because I wasn't necessarily living true to who I am or making the right choices about who I allow into my life, and I take responsibility for that. I now know that none of it was real friendship and is absolutely not what I want nor need in my proper support network now that I'm growing. But it's good to understand all of that in order to start making better choices in the future. I feel blessed to say now that all of my friendships are healthy and thriving because I only spend time and energy on genuine people with good intentions. Likewise, I'm genuinely obsessed with all of my mates. Anything less than authenticity or the best intentions is just not good enough. If you know that someone is trying to get close to you for the wrong reasons, don't sit back and let it happen. They don't deserve to take up your time or energy, so don't let them. No fake friends. I actually want to do another episode specifically on fake friends, how to identify them and avoid them. So I will do that in the future. But for now, let's just focus on ensuring that those in our closest circles are authentic people who care about you and want what's best for you. It's the people that celebrate you when you're doing well and are there for you when you're struggling. Or the people you trust to defend your name in a room full of strangers the ones who have your back when you aren't around, your ride or dies, those are the people that you need. If you can't trust that they will only speak in your best interests, aka if you kind of know that they talk shit about you, why are you still involved with them? Think about that. Be honest with yourself. If you aren't sure how to start attracting the right people, be the friend you know you need. Give the energy out to the world that you expect to receive in return. Like I said before, becoming the most authentic version of myself has automatically meant that I bring my best to the world, to my community, to my workplace, to my family, my relationships. In return, I now have some of the most diehard, caring, supportive people in my life that have my back, and I don't think I could have found them if I wasn't being me. Number four, don't be afraid to cut people off. I've had enough experience in cutting people off that I know how to do it and I know how to do it well. Thankfully, I haven't had to do it in a little while. And part of improving your standards to ensure your support network is solid means that you might need to cut people off. You should never try to retain a friendship just because of the memories or the length of time that you've known each other. You can still appreciate those things, of course, and just move on with life. Someone that was good for you in the past or during certain life phases may not be good for you anymore, and that's okay. 
Things change, people change, priorities change. It's better to recognize that some relationships reach their lifespan and instead of exhausting yourself trying to fix it or figure out what's gone wrong or keep fanning its flame when you know it's gone, we should instead just accept it. Really recently, I stopped investing in a friendship that was pretty solid, at least when I was in Christchurch, because a few things happened and I realized we had moved on to different life phases and definitely had different understandings and expectations of the friendship. It didn't have to be a big dramatic thing. In the past, I've had a few dramatic things, that's for sure, but we never discussed it. I think we both just realized we weren't for each other anymore and we've moved on in our different directions, which is fine. I think trying to stay involved in each other's lives much longer would have started harboring resentment. And quite honestly, the last time I saw this person, the resentment was already harboring for me. That was my internal indication that this friendship is not for me anymore. And it is possible to remove myself from the situation and to end this friendship from where I'm standing without it having to be a huge song and dance. Of course, sometimes cutting off relationships, friendship or otherwise, can be really dramatic and nasty and gross. It sucks when that's the case. And if you find yourself in this predicament, try your best not to drop to any level below your standard. I've had people go off at me after saying I don't want to be involved with them anymore, no matter how peacefully and objectively and kindly I try to deliver that message. They usually say a whole bunch of hurtful things, and it's unacceptable. But it's also a reflection of their own hurt, so try not to take it personally, even though it feels very personal. At the end of the day, if you know a friendship isn't serving you anymore, it's better for you long-term and for your long-term growth that it ends. If your time and energy is being wasted, taken advantage of, or spent in the wrong way, and intuitively you will know this, then it could be time to call it, because you need to protect your time and energy and save it for the right people. And quite honestly, if they're going off at you for doing what's best for you, perhaps they weren't the right person to be friends with in the first place. Number five, six people to stay close to. There is a therapist that I follow on Instagram, and her name is Nedra Tawab. Her username is just her name, so N-E-D-R-A-T-A-W-W-A-B. I often share her stuff on my story, so you've probably already seen her if you do follow me on Instagram. She shared a post last month that I want to refer to because I loved it. She talks about six types of people to stay close to. As I read them out, have a think about who in your life fits each of these. It might be that one person fits a few of them or none of them, but I find it's really helpful to consider because regardless, you need people in your life that meet all of these things. So the post says, stay close to people who, number one, inspire you to be a better version of yourself. Number two, make you feel at ease. Number three, understand you. Number four, expose you to new things about yourself and the world. Number five, model healthy boundaries. And number six, challenge your thinking. Taking these into consideration, it's good to think about whether all of these aspects are being met with your current relationships, romantic, friendships, support networks, whatever. Where are the gaps? There's no right or wrong, but it's really good to think about because you need all of these people or you need all of these things in the people around you. And if you're missing one, Think about how you can fill that, whether that is with someone that's already in your support network or being open to 
allowing someone new in. For some time, I tried to convince myself that I didn't need anyone and I believed that to be my reality. I think it's the only child in me. I've got half brothers that are a lot older than me. So I was basically raised like an only child. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that we can't survive without relationships. And even more so that most of life's experiences don't mean much when they can't be shared with the people that you love. So it's important that the people you surround yourself with are the best people for you and the ones that you want to share those experiences with. It's incredibly empowering to know that you can rely on yourself. Don't get me wrong, but a life by yourself is lonely and miserable. You need your people, your tribe, your supports to share the good times with and to lean on when things aren't so good. So think long and hard about those connections. I want to reiterate the quality of your support network impacts the quality of your life. So if we want to live our best lives, we can only do it with the best people. Make sure you find them and cherish them because I guarantee you can't become your best you without them. And on that note, I will love you and leave you. I hope you have an awesome day and as always, please do something for yourself that makes you happy.